Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing the topic of developing employee leadership skills. This is the third in a series of podcasts that has discussed what owners and managers of ag operations can do to encourage successful employee and family business working relationships. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Bob Milligan, who's a professor emeritus from Cornell University and has focused most of his career on helping farm and ranch employers learn how to develop their leadership skills. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Milligan. Thank you, Aaron. It's great to be here. Well, the focus of our discussion today, Dr. Milligan, is going to be on how do ag employers learn these skills, these soft skills we've talked about, to help them better relate to family members and employees. And specifically, I'd like to have you share with us where are some things that you've seen employers really grasp this and catch the value of it? And then when they've implemented them, what are some of the things that you've seen in terms of benefit to themselves and to their families, as well as their operations? That's a great question, also a big question. Let me start out by saying that these skills, and we have to really talk about skills and behaviors, okay, because that's really what you're doing when you improve your management and your leadership skills, is you're changing the way you behave. You're changing the way you interact with other people. And one of the things that's very important to understand is that these can be learned. I mean, there are literally millions and millions of dollars spent by companies of all sizes to provide development of their employees and and their owners and their leaders, uh, both through internal and external and and even one-on-one coaching. I think one of the real challenges that, that we have in agriculture is I don't think we've accepted as an industry that these are learned skills. Almost all of us, including myself originally, okay, come from a much more technical background. My, my technical background was financial things and, and farm management kind of things. And we're pretty darn skilled at those. Now, I actually think that, that if we want to improve some skills and some behaviors that will have the greatest benefit for our business, It really is in these sometimes called soft skills. I don't particularly like that term because I think they are are pretty important. They are pretty, uh, they're easy to learn. But I think one of the most important things to understand is that in many ways, these interpersonal skills, we'll, we'll call them interpersonal skills instead of soft skills. These interpersonal skills really are not rocket science. Okay, they're, they're not as complicated as balancing a, a ration for a life, an animal, beef, dairy, whatever, or deciding exactly what fertilizer or, or seed to have. That isn't really the challenge. The, the challenge is learning enough so you can figure out what you need to change in your behavior and then change that behavior. And and we all know as, as human beings, changing our behavior is not easy. That's one of the reasons why anytime I even have a short presentation or a workshop, I try to build in a lot of activities because you're beginning to practice using these new behaviors that we're teaching. Let me give two examples okay, that I think are, are really important. One of the most important things we can do is become better listeners. Now, that, that sounds pretty easy, 
okay? We tend to think of listening as pretty passive, okay? We're, we're just standing there or sitting there or whatever listening. Well, actually, that's why we call the good skill of listening active listening because it really is a very challenging, needs to be proactive. You need to be not only thinking about the words that you're hearing, but you also need to be looking at and interpreting the, the thought and the feelings behind the body language, the tone of voice. And then one of the skills that I talk about is after you've heard someone speak, take a short pause so you have time to have a thoughtful response. The, the second thing, and this might be one of the most important things I talk about, and that is providing feedback. How in the world do people know how to get better if you don't help them? Okay, and, and the reality is that there are three kinds of feedback, not two. We, we tend to think of positive and negative feedback. There actually is a third kind of feedback, and that's redirection. And that probably is the most important type of feedback, because we tend to think of negative feedback as a reprimand. But think about it. There are lots of times when we need to provide feedback to a coworker, uh, an employee, a partner, a family member, where they didn't accomplish what we wanted, or they didn't have the behavior that they we expected, but it wasn't their fault. We didn't provide enough training, something happened. In that case, we need to redirect to success. And there, there are many other skills, but these are a couple of examples of things that, that can be learned by participating in workshops, but whatever the case may be, and then practice it. One of the other things that you'll do in a workshop, we have it coming up this December, is allow people to have the opportunity to see what's kind of some of their default leadership styles or how do they typically interact with an employees. I think that self-awareness of what are the ways I tend to respond to or interact with employees can really be helpful. Share a little more about that and the value of that. Yes, I mean, think for a moment. Okay, when you're deciding what uh, semen to use or what animal to use for breeding or you decide to think about what variety to plant in a crop. Okay, you have some things that some of those that you really like and, and some that you don't like quite so much, not necessarily because they're better, but just through habit and tradition. Well, we're tend to, going to tend to overuse those that, that we're more familiar with. Well, leadership styles are kind of the same way. We all have natural styles, okay? We may be a pace setter. We may be a, more authoritative. We might be more democratic. And we're going to tend to overuse that style. It doesn't mean it's a bad style, and there are lots of places where it should be used. But it isn't necessarily used, need to be used everywhere. And so understanding ourselves and our own style helps us better select the best style in, in every situation where we're interacting. Dr. Milligan, you've had the privilege of working with ag employers for, I think, well over three decades on this. Share with us some examples of where you've seen people really grasp this concept and apply it, and then the value that's occurred as they've sought to use these principles with the people they work with. Let me share two examples, Aaron. And these both come for, for the last 15 or 16 years, I've been a consultant. Before that, I was on the faculty at Cornell and, and teaching these concepts in class and also uh, through Cornell Cooperative Extension. What, one of the examples, I've worked with this gentleman for a long time. He, he was actually the, the son of the, of the principal owner of the business that I was working with. 
and through a, a lot of situations that preceded by being there, he really did not have a very strong role in the business. He, he wasn't committed to what was going on. He was not really a part of it, even though he was there. Okay. If he'd been an employee, they probably would have fired him. Okay. And, and maybe even as a son, they should have. But we've worked together for years and years, and he is now, and he and his sister are taking over the operation. He is now the manager. It's a dairy and crop operation, but he manages everything and the maintenance and the feeding, as well as being an integral part of the cropping program. The, the second example I want to share with you is a, a young man who became, who was hired, actually started just about the same time I did working with that business. Uh, working in the summer while he was going to school at a university near the Twin Cities where I live. He graduated, finished his degree, and, and was hired immediately by the business. All this must have been five or six years ago. If we go back to those leadership styles or the conflict styles that we also can talk about, this young man was incredibly passive. He, he was headed for probably not having a great leadership role. Uh, at the behest of the owner of that business, I've worked with him a lot. And, and he now, the, the owner unfortunately has actually passed away, and the business is being taken over by some, another farm that they had worked with for a long time. That was, was in the plan, but it was going to be a lot longer than, a longer way than expected. He actually is now becoming the operation manager at that six or 7,000 acre cropping operation. There are many employees there, but there are two that have been there for many, many years, two or three times as long as he has. And he has developed the ability by improving his leadership and his interpersonal skills that they really have no problem today following him. Well, I think those are great examples of the benefits that can come from working on these skills. And, you know, I think one of the things for me is most of us don't like to do something we're not very good at. And uh, so I think it's, we're, we tend to do those things we enjoy, we're passionate about. And for many people involved in production agriculture, the people part is something that's a challenge. And so I think having a mental shift where you see the value and then also begin to push through some of the challenge that initially occurs when you try to change both the knowledge base you have as well as behaviors is something that's challenging to do. What are some things that you've seen some people implement to take the steps to get that done? Aaron, that's just a, a fabulous point. And, and one of the things that I like to talk about, okay, is that, that most of the people I work with and, and probably most of the people listening to this podcast are really what I call working managers. Okay, that means they're, they're doing the work. Okay, but they're also supervising some people, interacting with people. So they really have two parts of their position. And actually, those two parts are very different. Okay, because the working with people is very different than the working with animals, crops, machinery, finances, and so forth. But one of the challenges, because we're well trained on the, on the technical side, we tend to use the same ideas that have been successful there with people. And they don't work there very well because, as I like to talk about, people have three attributes that crops, animals, finances, and buildings don't have. One is they can speak, so they can provide ideas and input. Two is they can hear, 
so they can absorb what you're telling them and make decisions. And the third one is they have emotions. They can feel. And so we have to take that into account. And we really want our employees to have the emotions of enjoyment and, and motivation and engagement as opposed to frustration and resignation. Another consequence of this is, as you pointed out, Aaron, we don't like to do things we aren't good at. And so we become very passive and, and not very proactive on the people side. I actually think that it's more important, or at least as important to be proactive on the people side, as it is with figuring out and correcting problems with the crops and the animals before they become big. And so learning these skills adds confidence so you can be better. And we also, I have many people, I wouldn't say many, that's probably too much of a stretch. But, but I, I have clients now and people who have come to my workshops who really don't shy away from interacting with other people. In fact, some of them kind of enjoy it and look forward to it because they've become better at it. Anything else you'd like to highlight, Dr. Milligan, on this topic as we move towards wrapping this up? I just want to comment, and, and you mentioned we're going to have some workshops coming up here, up here, and I think you'll talk about that more in a second. I've been doing this, as you said, for three or four decades, and, and I've spent just a huge amount of time thinking about why so many times people come to me and say, farmers are complaining about their employees, they, they really need help. And then we put on a session and not as many people as were expected show up. Well, I think the reason is because they don't realize that these are skills and behaviors that can be learned. And so that they, in fact, can be learned. They can, give, can change your behaviors so that not only will you feel better about yourself as the, the people part of your working manager, your farm or ranch will be more successful. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Milligan. You are very welcome. Well, if today's discussion was of value to you, I'd sure encourage you to attend one of our three-day seminars that are coming up here in December. These will be held December 17th, 18th, and 19th. The first one will be in O'Neill, Nebraska on December 17th, on Valentine on December 18th, and in North Platte on December 19th. For more information on these leading farm and ranch employees seminar, please visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you'll be able to find a press release that highlights contact information that you can go to in terms of registering for these programs. Also, if you have questions about the upcoming seminars, please feel free to contact me either by email or by phone. My email is aburger2 at unl.edu. And you can reach me at the office at 308-235-3122.